Welcome to Franchise Wars on the High Ground Podcast. Installment number two. Yes. A long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, George Lucas did a prequel trilogy that a lot of people loved, a lot of people hated. Oh, I can't believe we're saying a long time ago now. Yeah, it's... It's be 20 years. Yeah, 20 years yeah. since, uh, um, so how long is it? Uh, 12 years? No. Since the of the 14 Sith? years. Yeah, 14 years. 14 years. years. Yeah. But uh, today, we're going to be doing a little bit of a versus because this is yeah. Franchise Wars. And it is our first full length show on Star Wars, as we've been yes. promising. <laughs> and we're going to start with the one of the films that really. Create a bit of a, uh, yeah, an yeah. argument between the three episode eight divide. Yeah, there's going to be no violence on this one. I know staying our opinion is the right one, yeah. and, you're, and if you're listening, obviously you're listening, you're the wrong. But as I am CBW, as you all know, and my favorite one of the prequels is Episode Two: Attack of the Clones, which I do not think is true. <laughs> so we're now doing Attack of the Clones yeah. versus Phantom Menace and Revenge of the Sith. Yeah, so I've got Phantom Menace and Revenge of the Sith but, and Stevie's got Attack of the Clones so this should be interesting. I just want to go on record saying I do, after watching them all recently, I do actually like them all but yeah, I yeah. just have I, preference. And let me state as well, I don't hate episode two at all. I still like it. It's just the weakest of the Star Wars films for me. So I'm not going in this thinking... Oh, that film's rubbish. It, it's just, it's the least favourite of, of all the films for me. That's that's all. It's not... We're talking of the... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, and especially of the prequels as well, it's the weakest, I think. But we will get into that. I just wanted to put that disclaimer on. I don't hate it. No. I don't hate any of them. I have weaker ones, but hate yeah, is yeah, not one that I actually yeah. go, I never want to watch this film ever yeah, again. No, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. No, not at all. But uh, now we've got our disclaimers out of the way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I just want to say, you know, uh, I've, this is when you're doing this, it's hard to actually go through uh, not having it with rose-tinted glasses because oh, of course, the clones, yeah. for me, yeah. was the first film I did midnight screening. So I've yeah. got soft spot for that. And was it not the first film in IMAX as well, ever? No, IMAX. Was it not? No, it was IMAX before that, that yeah. Might have been the first Star Wars, but uh, and you know, you see it, and this is all hyped up. And but after Attack of the it's like Phantom Menace did lose a lot of fans because a lot of people, after they thought about it a while, they started turning on the galaxy far, far away because it yeah, wasn't what they wanted. Yeah, so when it comes to Attack of the Clones, it's already lost an audience of the audience. But for me, as a, a, a hardcore fan, staying with it, I mean, I didn't only went out off of Star Wars in the period between Revenge of the Sith and. Uh, episode seven, Force Awakens, and that was all because I'm not a gamer and I yeah. and the quality and didn't, of the, didn't watch Clone Wars. No, and the quality I have started watching something. Yeah, they're, I really they're enjoyed fantastic. It. Like, I mean, but it was started back to the yeah, quality. But I didn't like. The, I thought the quality of the merchandise went down. And yeah, it's, yeah. it lost its way. Yeah. It should have had that period like uh, was between Attack of the Club, between Re- Return of the Jedi, and the special edition. Yeah, should have had that period of nothing. Or small before it came back, boom. In a big explosion. That's the biggest yeah, yeah. problem. I think that was the problem to start with, actually, because they'd already bombarded us with the special editions. It's only two years then till episode one, and the hype was so big. You know, I I remember saying to you the other day, I remember at the time people actually buying tickets to see films they didn't even want to see just so they could see the Star Wars trailer, and then going back in and doing yeah. it again and again. You know, and you know, to the point where some, I think it was some Canadian theatres even refused to show the trailer, much to their, obviously, de- well, much to their detriment, but, 
it was that was how big it was and i yeah. think just having those two years to go into the first prequel was yeah. too short because you're saying so yeah you know unbelievable like, like here's you're, these you're different versions of these films you loved and now here's the next three like yeah. i think it was too I don't know. I, I looking back on it, it may have been too. I mean, back in the day, I was like, "Yes, Star Wars!" Like, ah. I was good. I was just but, grateful to have something yeah. new after sixteen years without any real new material. Yeah, so, I think I think for you, it's probably more poignant because I was still very very young at the time. I was only about nine or ten, so I was still in kiddie Star Wars mode where, I, like, I didn't notice. I didn't know much about the cultural appropriation yeah. behind it, and whereas you were in, I was. Post university, what yeah, yeah. Byron, yeah. So yeah, so you, you understood, you understood the good and the bad. Yeah, about I, you know having. Because I, you have to piece up. I mean, at the for, for me, I mean, for uh, it was nice to have Star Wars back. In fact, oh, yeah. does feel yeah, people feel like a Star Wars film. It and does, can, yeah. And uh, and I do. And watching it back, you know what? Here's something when I watch it. It. It's a good film, isn't yeah. it? Watching it back, it's, I, it's not as bad as everyone makes out. I think that you know, uh, if you take it for Phantom Menace, I'm, I can't believe I'm defending Phantom Menace to start. Yeah, with. no, I never thought I would. Is well. is uh, uh, the characters that got criticised? Uh, the Gungans, yeah, supposed to seem to be Jamaican. Uh, parrot, uh, Mickey takes and uh, Watto, Watto uh, Jewish. Jew. Yeah, yeah. But when you're watching it, with, that's putting appropriation onto yeah, I, galaxy far, far away. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, to me, the Gungans and Jar Jar in particular was always meant as comic relief. Yeah, I see them as comic relief. And uh, Watto was a dealer, uh, but people yeah. just said, "Oh, oh, we're just going to." People just put the things on. All it takes is one person to put something out there to the world and have it latched onto, and people think about. I've yeah. got to admit, Watto is one of my favorite characters. Yeah, he's... and I'm not one of these ones that's coming after that. I actually, for years until it broke, I had a Watto. Fridge magnet. Yeah, yeah. I, I used to like what. You've met him though. I've met Andy yeah. Seacombe, the uh, Space Center. He's really, really nice. And I was, when, it's one of the sort of things for me is when you, you see that, oh, oh, Andy Seacombe's going to be at a convention. And it's, uh, a lot of people go, oh, it's water. It's a voice talent. Yeah, as soon as I saw it, it's like I said to my fiance, I said, I've got to go on the Sunday because Andy Seacombe, Watto is going to be there. I need yeah. to be Watto. And it was just brilliant. Yeah. It was. But uh, you know, I think those those appropriations though, like the, the guns or they're taking the piss out of Jamaicans or like what is Jewish. That's just people trying. I think that's just people projecting that on. You know, like nowadays, how you can't say a word without being called racist or sexist or whatever. You know, it's like I think we project so many negatives onto things, and we always have that. You know those things. I wasn't even thinking of those things when I was watching it. I was. I admit I was younger, so I may not have understood that. But like, I was just watching a Star Wars film, and it was just a little alien guy that could fly. Like, it wasn't. Yeah. Oh, he's a Jewish stereotype. Look at the size of like his snout. That's supposed to be like a Jewish nose. That that's honestly something someone's put online. And yeah. I just thought like, but that's you thinking that. That's not us thinking that. I just thought he was a well-designed character. Yeah, I d and and same with Jar Jar. Like, I don't particularly like him, and I see why people find him annoying, but. I wasn't sitting there thinking racist or like <laughs> deliberate. So I mean, obviously, like we were all thinking cash cow. This is where the merchandise is. But the, you know, the Ewoks were the same, weren't they? No, like, the Ewoks, the Ewoks really were. Cool, but they're cash cows. But I, I, although to quote Simon Pegg in space, the Ewoks make Jar Jar Binks look like fucking chefs. <laughs> <laughs> 
nothing wrong with shafts. You don't like shafts. What's wrong with shafts? But then, that, then that even goes hand in hand with what you were saying. Like the, the Gungans are like the new Ewoks in that episode, in that they're fighting the technological people with the primitive stuff. And I, I think Star Wars always does that really well. You know, the, the primitive guys fighting the guys with a lot of technology. Vietnam. Yeah, Vietnam. It's always Vietnam, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So the period George Lucas grew up. So, I mean, I even I, I'm sure uh, it was a direct, direct quote from him or someone else that you know the Rebel Alliance of the Viet Cong and yeah. the Empire is America. Yeah. It's always been Ooh, quite. Oh, could yeah, that would mean that he would have got into a lot of trouble during the uh, McCarthy witch hunts and Reagan as well, I yeah. imagine. Yeah. But Reagan did take Star Wars as the name Star Wars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He did, yeah. Hey, well, I, anyway, yeah. Okay, uh, I'm, I would say Revenge of the Sith yeah. completely, for me, destroys the ending of Return of the Jedi. I have to agree with you there. Like, although I'm defending it, I do I do not like the fact that they made him a child killer. No, I think I that really should always like be ambiguous. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, really didn't like that. Story. We really discussed how we filmed that scene, didn't we? Yeah. And we said something like, you know... I was thinking, you know, he walks in and that kid says, oh, what's going on? And then he turns around and you see a tear fall and the clone troopers move in. Because yeah. the clone troopers can be the bad... They're like the Nazis in Indiana yeah. Jones. You don't need to feel sorry for them. No. Like, you, you did feel sorry for, you know, like, if you watch the series Clone Wars, like, some of the, the ones that have different personalities, you start to sort of latch onto, like, Commander Cody and, yeah. you know, people like that. But the clones can be those faceless killers. Yeah. Whereas when Anakin does it, you think, well, he just did that purposefully and to save his wife. Yeah, yeah. And at the end, he chokes Padme out. Yeah, so he didn't save his wife. No, and he <laughs> believes without seeing a person that's been manipulating him since prior, since yeah. in between episode one and episode two. Yeah, and it's all about manipulation. And is, that's yeah. and the thing is, and they take a strong character like Padme Amidala and. She's died of a broken heart. She's lost her will to live. Yeah. That annoyed the. That annoyed me. They turned her from being. Yeah. They had some medical injury. Medical injury because of something Anakin did or something oh, else. Crushed her lung. Yeah. yeah. Then I can understand it. But those are the two things. I mean, I'm gonna say now I saw episode three ten times at the cinema because yeah, I thought it was the last Star Wars film. Well, it was, and at the time it? it was. Yeah. yeah. I really enjoyed it. It's only after the fact that I noticed this whole thing and Anakin should not have been redeemed at the end of Return of the Jedi now. It's like we say in Pirates of the Caribbean, one one good deed does not make up for a lifetime of uh, bad. That's misquoting Pirates of the Caribbean. And that's what it felt like at the end of Return of the Jedi. Yeah. Now it should have it could just, if it's gonna change one thing about uh, this about the prequels that's the one thing i changed but i don't want to go down this path because i'm going to sound like all the other fanboys no, no, I, I do agree with you there actually that that is something i do have to concede is really weak with episode three is it has the be it, simultaneously it has the best and worst endings of one of the trilogies so you know like you have the that what those wonderfully sharp moments at the end where the vignettes where the vader gets off the table and the first breath and then it goes to alderaan and then it goes to tatooine and you see the sun setting instead yeah. of rising I know, I, and they're one of the greatest, you know, I, I, that ending, like, I was, you know, welling up, because yeah. it was the end, like you say, like, and what perfect way to end, we know hope's going to come back, but yeah, then when I was older, I did kind of think, but hang on, he's a child killer now, so yeah. how do you do redeem a child killer? You can't. No, there's only one more crime worse than that, and yeah. I'm glad they never went over that, but yeah. um, yeah, no, but yeah, I do agree, I've got, a, no, there's a point already from me, so... I, I've got to agree with that. Ah, another thing you said about the ending of films. Uh, I, mean, cause I've, uh, I watched Revenge of Sith a, a couple of months ago. 
and uh, it and I made notes. So uh, I, I watched Attack of the Clones and uh, Phantom Menace, and the thing that hit me, quite a few things hit me about watching essentially one after another, is that the ending for me of Attack of the Clones, mm. I rank that. I mean, I rank Attack of the Clones in the top five of Star Wars movies, but the ending, the moment uh, you see Dooku's ship going over Coruscant to meet the Emperor. Yeah. From that point onward to the bit where Yoda and Mace Windu are discussing the clones, you see the clone army of the Imperial March, Bail Organa punching his fist down. Yeah, like this is the end of the march. Yeah, yeah, and the car pal that they use, the oranges. Cause yeah, it's, it's uh, fantastic, I must admit. I was, I was, Twilight, I was uh, watching it and the, 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 the line, Twilight is upon me, soon light must fall from Return of the Jedi. Yoda yeah. came to my mind and this, is a bit, especially you get to the 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 the, the Imperial March, bang, the uh, Organa, which yeah. is brilliant. And then you cut to the last scene of uh, Anakin and Padme marrying, which uh, holding Anakin's steel prosthetic hand yeah, yeah. with the droids uh, uh, having kissing at the place where Padme and Anakin kissed at the start of the film, which is also yeah. from James Bond kissing the Royal Way. Yeah, recovery. recovery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then you cut to the Star Wars main theme. To me, the whole sequence is it's one of the best endings. Yeah, right. It's it's just it's I, brilliant. One of the one of the things Star Wars does perfectly with all its different trilogies that not a lot of franchises can do that that spin off is they mirror each other perfectly. So, you know, the end of Episode One, you have the parade scene. That's the throne room scene. The end of Episode Two, you have the the, the wedding scene. That's the scene from right at the end of Empire when they're looking out the window saying, like, everything's going to be fine, we'll get Han back. Yeah. It's the same, you know, the droids are there. And and then the end of Episode 3, it's hope is coming back. And at the end of Return of Jedi, hope has come back. Yeah. You know, it, there's always, like, a gathering at the end of each Star Wars film, I think, isn't there? You have to have... No matter how bad the situation is, especially in Empire Strikes Back, yeah. you have to end on the high note with the it's with because the whole film's been a, a low note really, yeah we've yeah, yeah. luke and leia back together with the droids which with the prequels it's you got uh mummy's proto uh, mummy's astromech and daddy's protocol yeah yeah so you've got a link between the two together and yeah. they're going out to this the whole thing is the shit's going to hit the fan in the next one yeah and i think with attack of the clones with also the introduction of the Death Star plans from the Geonosians. Yeah, yeah. Everything is now setting it up so that when you get to Sith, bang, everything's dark. Yeah, yeah. This goes from being light and breezy at the start to, you know, we're going as it goes along. This is my problem with it. We'll get into later the, the tone shift. Yeah. But, uh, I, I think it's, I mean, I, it's, I, I was watching it. There's another thing I noticed about Attack of the Clones, which I truly loved. Is Ewan McGregor when he's talking yeah, to Dexter yeah. good, in yeah. Dexter's cafe? In Dexter's cafe, and I thought that was brilliant. To me, that's the one time in the whole film is you you think that it's just the look on his face that he's having fun. Ewan McGregor's out. having yeah. fun, and and I truly I just watch it. I love that scene. The only thing I don't yeah. like about Ewan McGregor in the movies is you can always tell when he's doing reshoots because his beard looks fake at points. Yeah, yeah, it looks, it looks all of them really different, doesn't it? Um, that's me nitpicking, by the way. Yeah, no, I, I must admit, again, another point in, in the favour. Well, I suppose it's in both our favours, isn't it? Because they're all prequels. But Ewan McGregor is the best thing about these these three films. He's so perfectly cast. 
you know, in a sea of complaints, it was the one thing all critics picked up on. I like Samuel Jackson's robot. I'm biased. Yeah, we'll get to that. Don't this we, party's no. over. Another Attack um, of the Clones line. It is, yeah. But we'll get to Samuel Jackson. Um, but yeah, no, Hugh McGregor. I was so happy when they announced this Obi Wan series. He's the right age to play him at the point he is, and he's just he's just a pleasure to watch. Like we didn't get enough of Alec Guinness because he's obviously an older guy at the time. So, um. But the way cha- the the voice and the way he channels Alec Guinness, it's it's scary. Like when you get to Sith, it's so it's so weird. I always thought like they must have done some sort of CG on him, but it's all like the beard and the colouring it grey and just you know the the general groove scene where it's like yeah, hello there. It's Last just class. It's so uncanny. You say yeah. hello there from Revenge of the Sith. I'll give you another one that's quotable from Attack of the Clones. Yep. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that Tommy's here. Considering everyone sees, seems to hate the prequels, they do have some really quotable scenes, don't they? I was, I was watching. I was, I was watching it. You got me. I, I I love all the scenes with Boba Fett. Get him dead. Yeah. I think he's. Uh, I just think that. Uh, at, I, at the time, though, I did kind of think oh, there's another kid, Anakin. But no, since you met him in real life, oh, he, he is has taken on a real. You're watching, watching these films again after yeah. after meeting him in May. It was They're different. Absolutely brilliant. And if you see the episode with him in Clone Wars, it, I went out and bought that got one. Got him to play both. Yeah, I so cool. And I like Tamura Morrison. I think Tamura Morrison is. I, I do. I don't too. like the dubbing of his voice into the Blu-ray. So no, I, other DVDs as well. That really annoys me. I give you that. I will give you that. But for Attack of the Clones, I like him. It's yeah, one yeah. of my books. You, you know, with people sometimes when people ask me how I am. I always quote Django Fett. I'm just a simple guy trying to make his way in the universe. Yeah, yeah. I think that is... He's a cowboy, isn't he? Yeah. He, he's like... I mean, he's called Django as well, which is probably an on-the-nose reference, yeah. but it's just... And we'll start getting into my problems with episode two in a minute, but Django Fett is one of them. But I do want to say the good things first, because everyone likes to hear the good things first. So. I like uh, Django. Django I... Fett's cool. Okay, another one for you. I was thinking about watching Attack uh, of the Clans. Uh, I'm going to go this fast because I'll be here when they talk about this. Uh, the uh, Geonosian Battle Arena, which you know, and the, all the colour palette reminded it's me of John Carter. John I haven't Carter, seen read yeah. the books, but I loved the John Carter film when I was watching it. And you got, uh, Oh, it's 100% the books. Yeah. I, um, I have read the books. And and I thought, and it made me love it even more because I love yeah. the film John Carter, which may be one of the I think people. it's underrated. Yeah, it's, it's quite good. And uh, the bit in the arena with the Reek Orkley and I actually, I, had, I remember. Yeah, the I can't remember Reed, that Orkley, and I actually wrote. I actually remember these all yesterday. When I was doing this. It's the little dog thing with the spikes on it. Massive, massive. That's yeah, when with those, it's reminding me of like you know the Ray Harry Harrison bits, especially yeah, when Luke's, yeah. oh, sorry, not Luke, when Obi Wan's attacking it with the uh, the, uh, the spear. Spear. Yeah, yeah. I, thought I think it's was, deliberate. I, yeah. it's, and it also reminded me of Gladiator for some reason, just like the, the arena, you know, yeah. the idea of the arena. Yeah. And I thought that, and it reminded me. The whole film in itself reminded more of me, I don't, uh, more of Episode Four, A New Hope, yeah, than it did yeah. of Empire Strikes Back, because uh, it's a pulp serial, and that's yeah. what uh, Attack of the Clones reminded me of. Why it's so fun for me, as it's you could argue that it's quite disposable. If you if you don't need to watch the other ones, if you just watch it as one, it's very disposable. Yeah, just as yeah. is A New Hope when you watch it, it's just fun. Yeah, and that's what the thing I loved about it is it was fun. The ones that take place on Tatooine quite a lot. They're the ones that seem like the westerns, yeah, and like the fun, you know, like the adventure ones, you know. And it's when they go off planet to other ones that like the story seems to take over more. I, I do agree with that. Yeah, I think it's whenever they're in a desert, you know, even Jakku, like that's where the fun stuff happens in Episode Seven, isn't it? Like the, the Millennium Falcon and 
you know, it's... You it's, don't want that, that's a bit of junk. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, as soon as they said, no, you yeah. don't want that junk, I thought, no, you can't. Yeah. But, like, it's, it, it's that... Yeah, but I think it's deliberately supposed to remind you of Tatooine, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I, and, yeah, yeah, I, uh, I think if you, you know, when you get older and a lot of these people that are, that are the, that are the um, keyboard warriors that are spending yeah, all the yeah. time... Social justice warriors. Yeah, they were all these people, they just want... They forget this is these are children's films. Yeah, and they were explicitly stated to be children. Yeah, films. so episode four and Attack of the Clones for me are good because they give you that warm like the first two Harry Potter films. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I love it. I, I I truly do. I mean, I remember you know going to a midnight screening. I mean, there was no locals. So I had to drive to this. Yeah. So by the time three quarters of the way through the film, I'm like half asleep. And I know we're not the CG Yoda now, but as soon as oh, Yoda, the battle arena picked me up a little bit. Yeah, yeah. As soon as Yoda comes on, drops his walking stick, and boom, with yeah, lightsaber yeah, against yeah, Dooku, Christopher Lee. Christopher, fucking Christopher Lee, yeah. Lee versus Yoda. He is one of the best things about that. Yeah. Thing, if I had to pick a strength, Christopher so, Lee. So I'm like the rest of the film. I'm bearing in mind, when I'm watching it, I've got a 1999 Yoda rucksack. You know, the, uh, the, it's like a more like oh, a cuddly like, toy. Like so you got like your half sleep, like cuddling like a uh, cuddly bear, teddy bear sort of thing. So to have that, and you, you prick your ears up and your eyes up, and you're like, whoa! Yeah. And the ending, little complaint though, I will say about Attack of the Clones, and this is not a complaint. Complaint is more that you know every time I uh, see Padme on screen, yeah. I'm not thinking about. Uh, how how uh, great of a character! I'm just thinking she looks so yeah, cute. Yeah, I don't think a lot. She of looks are. cute. She's incredibly cute in that film. Natalie Portman is. This is what bleeds into the problem for me with Attack of the Clones, though, because you mentioning the way it goes from you know like happy go lucky to the darkness at the end to set up Sith. I think the tonal shift is so bad in it. In terms of there's there's no gradual. It's just. One minute it's it is like them messing around on Coruscant trying to kill an assassin, and then it's like oh Anakin's mother's just died. You know, it just kicks in too quickly for me, and then you've got all the politics stuff back on Coruscant. I think it just happens a little too sharp for me. I think when you go to Revenge of the Sith, they get all the nice happy stuff out of the way first, like the jokes and yeah. like you know, oh the shields. Are, have you noticed the shields are still up? You know, like that sort of stuff. But then they they quickly remind you that this is going to be the dark one yeah. you know the music the the ambience the tone the lighting but i think i don't know attack there's a weird sort of atmosphere in attack of the clones that i still can't shift and it's to do with the tonal shift and i can't ever pinpoint whereabouts in the film it happens exactly but i just i don't know but then again that scene where anakin's mother dies it it really that's the point where you see hayden christensen's acting chops i think yeah. there's a lot of people that say he's a rubbish actor and well, no, he's not. There's a scene where he's really good. And he's really good with his face, you know, his emotions. It's just, you know, you can't help if you're London with a rubbish script, can yeah. you? Yeah. I, <laughs> I just think, like, but, yeah, no, I, I but, yeah, I, I mean, okay, yeah. No. We'll get into the... I, well, you go from, you say that, but you go from Geonosis. Yeah. You're from, uh, I've been massacring the, the women and the children. Yeah, yeah. Uh, to they all go for reference maybe uh, to actually going to the Geonosian arena and that's yeah. fun that's what a lot of the Star Wars fans all Star Wars fans wanted for years was a big Jedi bow yeah, there yeah. you are you have it on Geonosis but then do not think as well like sometimes when we're given what we want it's a problem you know like I'm thinking specifically Last Jedi here when everyone was thinking 
oh, we're going to get to see Luke fighting, like, since Return of Jedi. How powerful is he going to be? And when no one saw it, they were kind of like, oh, what? You know, like... Sorry. <laughs> going to pause this for two seconds. 